Hello, and welcome to the Miles with Grant podcast. As always, I am Grant Kaminer. I'm your host for this uh, here podcast. Uh, This is episode nine. And in this episode, it's going to be the Diamond League final uh, coverage preview. Um, Basically, what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through every event, talk about some of the key competitors, give my predictions... Um, and we'll just go from there. It's, it's an interesting field in some events. Some events are just absolutely stacked and some of them are pretty much just very, very completely wide open. Um, so it's very exciting. So stick around, uh, settle in and let's do some Zurich Diamond League finals action. Okay, so before I get into my actual predictions, I do want to talk a little bit about how to qualify for um, the Diamond League Finals, and I'll just go through that real, real quick. So, the way it works is there's, within the Diamond League, there's 32 different disciplines and 13 series meets to qualify for the final. At these 13 series meets, athletes are awarded... Um, one through eight points for getting first through eight. If you get first place, you get eight points, second place, seven, third place, six, etc., etc. At the end of these 13 meetings, the top six in the field events, eight in the short and middle distance, and then top 10 in events from the 1500 up, um, qualify for the finals. Uh, so essentially you're getting the best, the best from the diamond league. And that's, it's an interesting format because if you get, um, you know, if you get an eighth at, if, and you're at every single Diamond League, you can beat someone who maybe got first at one. So it's an interesting format, and that's why we have a pretty, pretty interesting field. Some, like I said in the introduction, some fields are pretty much stacked. Some fields are a give-me. Some fields are a complete throw-up. It really um, depends on the race, and that's why I'm doing this. Also, the Diamond League is very competitive. Um, the first place play pay. I'm sorry. The first place payout for event is thirty thousand U.S. dollars, um, and you get an automatic spot for the uh, World of the Athletic Championships, which this year you know are in in Eugene. You also get a Diamond League trophy, which looks pretty cool. It's the track and it has the the diamond. It's cool. I like it. Um, so, like I said, thirty thousand U.S. dollars for first place, about twelve thousand for second, seven, four, you know. So, and even if in eighth place you get a thousand, so just making um, the the final, you're gonna walk away with pretty decent payout, especially considering a lot of these guys are already professionals and are already getting um, extra money for making the Diamond League final. So, without uh, much more. We're going to talk about um, the individual events. The way I'm going to do this is I'm going to go in by when they take place. So it's interesting because the the 5,000 meters is actually tonight. I think it's actually at 11.30 a.m. So it's not tonight. It's actually just in a couple hours, uh, which is why I'm recording this early. So uh, I do wish I had gotten it out 
a little bit earlier, um, but oh well. So, the 5,000 meter women is, um, is a very open race. There's no Gide or Safan Hassan, um, again, either the Olympic champion or the world record holder. Uh, so it's a very open race. Uh, Helen O'Beary, who is the silver medalist at Tokyo, is in my eyes the favorite, um, Tay of Ethiopia is also in the field. I think she can, she's going to be competitive just like Nian Saba. Both of these, um, Tay especially, Tay in uh, Brussels, Tay was able to beat Obiri, but I think Obiri still has the overall upper hand. Um, Nian Saba is, you may know her because she's the, the athlete that stepped up to the 5,000 after those new uh, testosterone rulings that came in that wouldn't let her compete at her middle distance 800. And she's done very, very well as she's set national records and world leads representing Burundi. So I think I think Helen O'Berry does come away with the win, Tay and uh, Nian Saba for second and third, but it's a very, very open race, and I wouldn't be surprised if an athlete like Elise Cranny, who's in my mind, the, I believe she's the only American in the field, if she can come away and have a very, very good performance and maybe walk away with some good prize money. Moving into the 5,000, I say Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Nicholas Camelli, Salomon Borrega. If you listen to my podcast for a while, you know I love Jakob Ingebrigtsen. I think he's a um, fantastic, fantastic athlete. But it's, it's strange because it's not a very extremely fast field as only three athletes have season bests under 13 minutes. Now, 13 minutes, that's actually insane. Like, running a 5,000 meter under 13 minutes seems impossible, but this is professional running, so, which is why I have these three people getting it. Jakob has looked pretty much unbeatable this year. He's looked incredible, um, but there are slight concerns I have about him maybe being exhausted or being tired. Uh, he did drop out of a Diamond League meet a couple of weeks ago because of that. I don't know if that was fatigue or um, him just wanting to prepare himself better for the the Diamond League final. Um, Nicholas Camelli was fourth in Tokyo, uh, and he was able to run a sub-13 there. So running thirteen sub-13 in Tokyo, that was very impressive because that was a very hot and and humid day, especially for, for Tokyo. Um, so he was, was able to get fourth, of course, just missing, missing out on a medal spot. Um, and he'll be looking to get um, a little bit of payback, hopefully, and come away with a good finish here. And then Salomon Brega. Um, Brega won gold in the 10,000 meters in Tokyo, so he's going down to the 5,000. And he also has the fastest personal best of 1243. Jakob has a personal best, of course, of 1248. Um, but again, I think Jakob Ingebrigtsen, it may be favoritism. I really like Jakob Ingebrigtsen. I think he comes away with a win. And then about the, just about the 5,000s they are today at 11, 11.30 Eastern time. So that would, you know, 8.30 Pacific time also. And with that, we're going to move into the uh, Thursday, Thursday portions of um, the Diamond League. And we start right off with the women's 400 meters. We got a pair of uh, Kenyans, or I'm sorry, not, Ken- not Kenyans, Jamaicans. In Stephanie McPherson and Candace McLeod. Um, 
the Jamaican sprinters have pretty much looked unstoppable this year. Sweeping at Tokyo, sweeping at a bunch of the other Diamond Leagues. And I think that carries over to the 400. McPherson was fourth at Tokyo and is going to be looking for a redemption. McLeod was fifth. So we got two hungry, young Jamaican uh, sprinters that are really going to be looking to get... Um, to get some some success after just missing out on the podium. And uh, third is Quinera Hayes. Hayes is... I, I may show some favoritism towards the United States, but Hayes is going to be really looking for a redemption as well, as she um, failed to even make the U.S. Olympic team. So she may... Um, you know, we often on this podcast talk about how... Um, what's the word how something like that i don't know like a like a like a failure pushes you or is it going to hold you back and i think with when you get to this level you know it it more more often pushes you than holds you back i think um but again this is this is a race where there's not a lot of there's a lot of talent but there's not a lot like there's not very many medalists or uh, international success, if that's if that's really what I, I'm, what I mean, um, and then in the in the men's four hundred, uh, Karani James of Grenada, Michael Cherry, Vernon Norwood, um, James is one of my favorite sprinters. I like his um, his backstory. It's um, it's just inspiring to watch, you know, coming from like a small country like Grenada. And able to have so much success is very, very inspiring. Um, he's actually the only athlete uh, in the field with a sub-44 second 400 time this year. So I think he is going to be able to um, get get the win. He did also win a bronze uh, at the Tokyo Olympics. Uh, Michael Cherry and Vernon Norm won as well. Cherry was fourth uh, in, in um, Tokyo, but he actually did set a personal best in the process. So he was able to, to, and we that's another thing. Like, are you going to be happy that you got a personal best and know that you ran extremely, extremely well? Or are you going to be kind of disappointed that you just finished outside of fourth? But I think, you know, Michael Cherry is going to be, I think he has to be very, very happy with that personal best in Tokyo. That's always what you want is to set a personal best at the biggest, biggest moment of um, of probably your career. You know, he may running in the Olympics again, he might not, but setting a personal best at the Olympics is very, very awesome. Uh, and then Vernon Norwood, who was a member of two U.S. relay teams in Tokyo that both won Olympic medals. Uh, moving into the women's 3,000-meter steeple, uh, I have Hyven King and Nora Drudo of Kenya going 1-2, and then Courtney Frerick of the United States. If you know nothing about uh, the 3,000 meter steeplechase, one, the biggest piece of information you need is how good Kenya is at the steeplechase. Uh, they are absolutely, absolutely dominant, and I'll, I'll cover that a little bit more when I get to the men, because the men are even more dominant, uh, but Hyven King, Nora Gerudo are both absolutely, um, fantastic athletes. They're both, uh, sub-nine, sub-nine women, and then in third, I have Courtney Frerich of the United States. Frerich's an interesting story because she became the first uh, U.S. woman to break nine 
and is the North American record holder in the steeple. I really like Courtney Ferrick because, of course, she represents Bowerman. Um, but I'm also, you know, I kind of wanted Emma Coburn to be the first to break nine. I think Emma Coburn is a fantastic athlete as well, so it's it's just kind of, eh, you know. Um, but still, you know, with Courtney Ferrick breaking, breaking nine, running an eight, 857, I believe it was, um, you know, she can, she can run with the big girls now. And I think that's very, very important for the U.S. because often we are really overlooked when it comes to the track distance events and, and, you know, the steeple. Um, so getting back on track with that is super, super important. Um, Kiang was the, uh, bronze medalist in Tokyo. Uh, Drew actually didn't compete in the Olympics, but she won the, the pre-cap, uh, classic. And if Ferk, Ferk, if Ferk could close the gap a little bit, of course, because there is still a very wide gap, then, you know, and I'm not just talking about in the race, I'm talking about overall. You know, the Kenyans are just very, very high on this pedestal or podium when it comes to the steeple. And, you know, Courtney Freck has maybe got up there some, but she still has a little bit of a ways to go, and I think she can definitely, definitely do it. In the uh, women's 100-meter hurdles, the men, of course, run 10 meters longer in 110. Uh, Gabby Cunningham, Megan Tapper, Danielle Williams. Uh, Cunningham being um, an absolutely amazing runner, I think she can she can upset the Jamaicans. Megan Tapper, Danielle Williams. Um, Tapper was third in Tokyo. Williams was third at Doha. Um it's just, it's very, very awesome how, um, I guess how good the Jamaicans have been this year. You, you rarely see a country have this much success. You know, you may have an athlete from a specific country have this much success in a year, but you saw, you know, the, the women in Tokyo sweep the 100 meters and then they swept, you know, a couple more diamond leagues. So I think this the success of this, you know, this team attitude is really going to roll over to other events where maybe it's not as stacked as, like, the 100 or the 200. And that even carries over the men's, as I have uh, in the 110 hurdles, Ronald Levy um, taking the gold. And that's for pretty much one reason, and that's because there's no Grant Holloway in the field. So that means, you know, if Grant Holloway was in this field, I think he's the... Grant Holloway is, in my opinion, the number one... Um, 110 hurdler in the world so with without Grant Holloway it's it's a very open race uh Ronald Levy was um the bronze medalist of course from Tokyo Devin Allen finished just outside the podium in fourth and Roberts was fifth in his semi-heat so it's a very good talented field um and I think Ronald Levy is um gonna come away with that win in the 1,500-meter women, um, this is where we're going to see um, Safan Hassan and another another Safan uh, Hassan Faith Kipieg on battle. Um, I really don't know about um, Hassan because how is she not dead? And uh, just what she's done at Tokyo running, you know, I, I saw something, it was like she ran like 30,000 meters over a week. That is insane at race pace. So how has her heart 
not like exploded. So is she, you know, is she tired? Is she sore? Is she exhausted? What's going on? You know, if if she was in top form, I think yeah, this this could she could come away with this. Um, I really don't know in this case. Faith Kipyegon hasn't has run a lot, but has run nowhere near the distance in recent weeks and months that Sifan Hassan has put on her legs. Um, so it's going to be a very, very good battle. And, you know, Faith Kipyegon and Safan Hassan, they've become regular. They've become such good battles. I like it. it it's very much like the Jakob Ingebrigtsen, uh, Timothy Chariot battles that we've been seeing over the past couple years at um, the men's 1500. Um, another athlete to watch for the women is Winnie Nyandu of Uganda. In the 1500 meters, again, segueing into that, Jakob Ingebrigtsen, Timothy Chariot, Stuart McSwain, I think are the three athletes to watch. Um, Ingebrigtsen, he's the Olympic champion at the 1500 meters. I think he's the top athlete right now. Timothy Chariot hasn't looked to be in top form. But again, is Jakob going to, you know, coming off the 5000 meters today, t- tomorrow, is he going to feel up for a 1500? Is he going to be a scratch? If he runs and he's healthy, I think he can win. But it's just a matter of if he's healthy. And the same goes for even Chariot, who's looked... Um, you know, obviously he hasn't done the distance, but he has looked human, mortal, maybe a little bit tired recently. Um, McSwain is a super gutsy runner, and I love that. He loves to take races out hard. He doesn't really have a kick, and I can relate to that because I do not have a kick at all. Uh, but, you know, he just kind of seems to always fall short so i keep rooting that maybe he'll get get a win and and get some of that good prize money in the women's 100 meters elaine thompson hara i think she has this in the bag she has the the fastest time in the field by uh 0.2 seconds and that's a lot in um sprinting uh when it comes to like just the 100 meters that's a that's a pretty decent sized gap marie Talou of cote d'ivory the ivory coast um She's kind of been a dark horse, I want to say, but not a super dark horse because she has finished fourth and fifth in the 100 and the 200 in Tokyo. So she's just kind of in the shadows, and I think if she can she can get a win here, that would be that would be awesome for her. Uh, Natasha Morrison from Jamaica as well. Uh, Natasha Morrison isn't as decorated as some of the other Jamaican sprinters, but she definitely belongs here. And like I was saying earlier... I wonder if this this team aspect of how good the Jamaican sprinters have been is going to carry over to some of the other athletes. I very, and I think it will. I wonder that, and I think it will. Um, so, like an athlete like Natasha Morrison, who maybe isn't as purely talented as like an Elaine Thompson Hera or a Maria Tello, I think she can compete with them if she's feeling good, if she's feeling confident. You know, she's going to have the support of her teammates cheering her on. There's a big Jamaican sprinter. Uh, contingent here. I believe that's the right word, contingent. Um, and we'll just see. In the men's 100 meters, this is such a stacked field. It is insane how um, stacked it is. Um, Fred Curley, Michael Rogers, Trayvon Bromo are all athletes from the United States alone. Uh, but Andre DeGrasse is the man to beat this year uh, from Canada. Akani Simbine. I like him as an up pick. He was fourth in Tokyo. Maybe he's not as talented. I think he is. I really, really like Akani Simbine. Um, and then Ronnie Baker is also kind of somewhat an upset, but I like the pick. Um, 
you know, you, you could make an argue for pretty much every athlete in this field that they could win. It is, it's, this event in my mind is the most stacked. And I say that painfully because I don't like admitting that about sprinters. Um, but I, it's an absolutely stacked race. Into the men's 3,000 meter steeple, Sufain El-Bakali, I think, has the win. Um, I think his success this year continues. Um, I think about Bakali is he became the first non-Kenyan to win the 3K steeple in the Olympics since 1980. And I, I think that means something. The Kenyans um, have had such good success in the steeple um, that Bakali winning at the at the Tokyo Olympics gives him some more confidence that he can really, really compete against them. Benjamin Keegan of Kenya was the bronze medalist, and he was the only Kenyan on the podium, so he did make sure that Kenya got some representation. Um, Abraham Kivuot, also of Kenya, was seventh at Doha back in uh, 2019, and he's slowly been improving since then, uh, slowly getting better. So it's it's a very, very stacked field the Kenyans there's a lot a lot of Kenyans in this field and the Kenyans run the steeple very very well but I think Bakali is going to be able to hold them off in the women's 800 meters Keely Hodgkinson uh, I think is going to win she was the silver medalist in Tokyo there's no I think Mo here so I kind of I kind of like to think of Keely Hodgkinson as the English I think Mo. They're both both about. I believe they're both twenty or they're, they're both twenty or twenty one. They're both very very young. Um, they have kind of the same style of running, uh, and I think Gemma Gemma Riki is another great Britain athlete to watch because she and Keely Hodkinson can run together. They can set the pace hard. You know, it's always good to have one of your teammates um, that maybe you train with uh, outside of world competition. And I think that can really mean something. And then the entire ghoul of Jamaica. It's it's the strange athlete being a middle distance runner from Jamaica. Uh, but she's talented. She was sixth at Doha, ran um about two flat, I believe it was two flat and like eleven thousandth of a sec I don't eleven thousandth, I don't eleven tenth, something like that. Um so she's talented, she belongs here. Um but again, like the the Jamaican middle distance runner, I think that's 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 just kind of like a like a little thing for me. I don't know, it's weird. Uh, and the men's eight hundred, Marco Arop, Ferguson Rotech, Emmanuel Career, both of those are Kenya. Marco Arop, Canada. Arop, uh, I believe, is going to continue to upset, and I have that in quotations because he's been been slowly rising since the the Olympics. Ferguson Rotech, Emmanuel Career were. Uh, the golden uh, silver medalist, but then Arup has um, beaten them a couple of times since then. So if he keeps that up, I don't think that's going to be an upset anymore. And I believe um, that really, really Marco Arup is super talented, um, and he's going to really make he's really making a name for Kenyan running, or I'm not Kenyan running. I'm sorry, Canadian running. Uh, we're getting into the final final couple of events with the uh, women's 400-meter hurdles. Um, no Sidney McLaughlin, Delilah Muhammad, or Femke Bowl. So this field is very, very wide open. It's honestly anybody's race. Shamir Little from the United States, Anna Rizikova, uh, Victoria Truchek, um, but, you know, Ukraine, United States. It's anyone's r- race, really, because there's not the three top athletes in this field. 
in the men's 400 meters, uh, Carson Vorholm, Alison Dos Santos, um, and Kieran McMaster of the British Virgin Islands. Is Carson Warholm going to set a world record here? That's That's been a debate that's been circulating on like the Let's Run boards and some of just the just the, the world media. I don't think he's going to set a world record here. I can believe he, he did that already. Um, but I do think he's going to have a very, very dominant race. He's the top 400-meter hurdler in the world. He's been that for the past year or two. Alison Dos Santos is also very, very talented. Bronze at um, Tokyo. Karan McMaster, a little bit of a dark horse as well, but um, still very, very talented. With um, with no, I, there were no Americans in that field, I believe. And if there were, there was not um, not anyone that was really anywhere near the kind of level that Carson Vorholm and Alison Dos Santos are. Uh, and the men's 200, Andre DeGrasse is also scheduled to run. I don't know if he will. If he does and he's healthy and able to win, that would be very, very impressive to win the 100 and then come back like an hour or two later and able to win the 200. Uh, Kenny Benarek of the United States, Fred Curley of the United States. This is another very, very good field where there's so many good um, U.S. athletes and it really shows the level of depth that the U.S. athletes have when it comes to sprinting. So it's it's a very, very toss-up. If it, you know, you could come say that if even if Andre DeGrasse does compete, he's going to be tired. He's going to be sore from that 100. Um, so it's a very, very heavy toss-up race. If any, And then if Andre DeGrasse doesn't decide to start, I think it could go to Kenny Benarek uh, or even, you know, Fred Curley or anyone. And the final event we're going to talk about is the women's 200 meters with Sharika Jackson of Jamaica, Dina Asher-Smith of Great Britain, Christine Mabomba of Namibia being... The three athletes I think you need to watch. Sharika Jackson, part of that Jamaican contingent of sprinters that was just dominant. Dina Asher-Smith and Christina Bomba both risen this year. I think it's, you know, Sharika Jackson and even going to the back to the women's 100, I'm surprised there's not more Jamaicans. I would have liked to see three or four Jamaicans in each event. Um... But I don't know, you know, of course, that means they probably didn't get enough meets in earlier, which is fine. The fields are still very, very stacked. Um, so that, actually, that that wraps up the Diamond League preview that I had. I am very, very excited. It's been been a rough couple of days for me. Um, so I am just so looking forward to being able to relax hang out, chill out with some Diamond League for the next two two days. Um, and it's just going to be fantastic. Super excited. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. Your support means so much to me. Uh, keep on running. Keep at it. Um, you know, it's... This sport is so amazing, and I love being able to share it with you. So thank you for listening. <laughs>